of Black Men Do Talk. We have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. I'm one of your hosts, Street Hems. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Trey. It's your boy, Caleb Berry. And we have a special guest with us. Mr. Special Guest, could you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I'm Dr. Jake. Bro, that was a great intro, by the way. <laughs> Thank you! Bro. Thank you! Bro, bro every like, week, he's the only one dancing to it. He loves bro, it. Bro, I ain't gonna lie, bro. <laughs> he came in right when it stopped, too. That shit was hard. You feel care. me? That's progress! I ain't gonna care. It's okay. <laughs> also, 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 I've been told we gotta start saying this, but we are the only uh-huh. podcast... That live. has a live studio audience. Live studio audience, make some noise real live quick. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. 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 I'm like, yeah. That's, That's crazy. All three y'all. All three y'all. Edit extra claps. Hey, bro. Like, <laughs> edit extra claps. <laughs> we, the, we the only ones with the live studio. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, now you're making it worse. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, special guest, please continue to introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Dr. Jake Taylor Jacobs. I'm a native of Cedar Hill, Texas. Oh, okay. And uh, I build really big, profitable businesses. Come on, somebody. With no debt. With no... Hey, we love that. Yeah, Down no the debt. Monko, Monko. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The no debt part. We're gonna start off with our weeks too. Well, first of all, glad you're here, my guy. Appreciate we appreciate that. you. Absolutely, appreciate absolutely. Y'all want to start off on y'all weeks? Yeah, Caleb, tell us how. Here we go first. Week. First of all, actually, no. Probably we shouldn't. We gonna let you in because. <laughs> he, he, let, let him get it out, bro. I would. I would trip it all my week, but let. Okay, let, yeah, let, actually, yeah. Let, ain't nothing special have, happen my week. week. Go ahead. So you, can, you, can have, you can have my no, time. No, 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 no. So it, <laughs> Take so, my thirty seconds. You gonna advocate It was a really. It was a. It was a rough week, but it was a good week at the same time. Like. He wants uh, to talk so about even, his sermon. Oh, yeah, no, we about to <laughs> yeah. talk about his sermon. Um, You've been waiting on that. Nah, but, like, so, one, I, um, so the laptop that I have belongs to my church, you know what I'm saying? And so I was just like, man, whenever I leave, so I got two weeks left, and I'm going. I said, I need a laptop. So I was talking to a friend of mine, um, and I shared that during that time. A day later, she was just like, hey, you should come through, whatever. So I came through, and she was just like, so I was at a uh, business meeting or something, and she was just like, uh, we didn't get all of what we were looking for, or not looking for, I'm sorry. At the end of the meeting, they gave everybody free laptops. What? That's crazy. And she said, here. <laughs> and she gave me a, a brand new laptop mm, last night. And I was just like, come on, Jesus. Come on. You better I was like, you better the Lord is faithful. You know come what I'm on. saying? Hey. And so that was, that was solid, man. Like, for real, for real. <laughs> and uh, a major blessing there. And then... Uh, woke up the next morning uh, to give an Acts 2 type Peter Peter Tone sermon. Wow. Crazy word. Um, so crazy crazy word. And like, and it was like on some gracious and loving, it was a gracious and loving sermon, but it was very like, uh, it was, it was blunt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was very blunt and we had to, we, we got to look at ourselves just as a church over the past six years that I've been here. And so like the Lord definitely used it. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be getting some emails and some phone calls over the next couple of days. Uh, people are still processing for what I'm hearing. Uh, <laughs> and I had a pastor literally as soon as I got done. My mom was like, Caleb, 
as soon as I saw you get up, she said, I already knew what was about to happen. And she said, I was praying for the person that was going to come after you, have to say whatever you say, he says. But, like, the dude literally got up after I got done. He was like, you know, church, sometimes we just need to get punched in the face. Ah, okay. And then he just went on. We did the prayer and all that other good stuff. But, no, nah, like, it was – it. I would send y'all the link. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it, it was good, you know. And so, yeah, man, I, I got to go in at my church in a loving way, and it feels great. I've been, I, I, got to say, I got to say in a very mature way what I've been wanting to say for the past six years. If 25-year-old Caleb said what 31-year-old Caleb said today, it would not have come off correct. Okay. So, 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 it was palatable. So you, uh, you, you, you had the full smoke, bro. Like, oh, it was they like, got all the smoke. A, and then next week we're going in details with it. Indeed. Oh, you coming part back? Part two. Oh, it's, it's a part two. <laughs> what, do you, what do you feel like built up the, 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 the boldness to be confrontational? Confrontational. That's yeah. a great way to put that. Um, the fact that, like, truth is offensive. And, and, just, and not often do we tell our church you're trash in a certain area. You know huh. what I'm saying? And then, like. And, I, and don't get it twisted. I'm not out here like, oh, I can't wait to tell y'all how sucky y'all are. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure. out here. But I'm just like, yo, we don't talk about this at all. And then if we do say, hey, we're struggling in a particular area, what we tend to say, and I actually brought this up in a sermon, is, well, we all go through it in different churches. You know what I'm saying? We all, it's like, nah, fam, I'm not over that, that church. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? And so it was just like, yo, like, I, I want us to get back to what Jesus has called us to. For and sure. this is literally the only way we're going to get there. So, yeah, man. That's what's up, man. How was my week? How was y'all's? Straight? Straight. We good. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. All right, man. Let's pop it off. Doctor. What's up? Doctor. Doc. So you said something that's very, very important. You said you help people build profitable businesses. With no debt. Can Correct. You, can you go into detail about that for yeah, me? Yeah, I just believe in everything that Scripture says. Scripture says that the borrower is always slave to the lender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, uh, be the lender, not the borrower. <clears throat> and when I look at uh, my examples, who taught me business were characters in, in Scripture. Okay. And um, it's just hard for me to believe that people say, that God gave them an idea for a business, but then the very first step they make is to go to the bank for an application. That's, huh. a, that's, that's in contradiction to me. Yeah. Because if God gave you an idea for the business, he also has the customers that will purchase from you. And so, um, yeah, so I, I started on that journey, um, uh, building my business, start off in an insurance firm, insurance company. That grew to an education company. Then we acquired a tech company. Then we went and bought out the financial firm that used to manage me. We bought them out. Okay. Um, and uh, that's kind of how we got to where we are. So now I just, I, you know, I just teach families how to be the bank. And the only way mm-hmm. that you can be the bank is if you believe in what scripture talks to us about being the bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's that. Indeed. Indeed. So, so is it, you say being the bank. Yeah. Like is, it, is it essentially like an investment firm as well? Yeah, no, so so uh, a lot of people, when we think about being the bank, we think about like some type of institution, like some some a conglomerate of corporations that come together and decide to create a cartel and this is the bank. But in truth, the bank is nothing but a business, a well-run business uh, ran by a well-organized family. And uh, the problem that a lot of us have in business is that most of us don't know how to organize ourselves at all. And when you talk about a business that 
only focuses on uh, selling money to pay bills. You can never even think outside of yourself that you can be the bank. And if you think about banks today that we depend on, all of them were businesses that took their surplus cash and then just started lending and acquiring other businesses with the surplus cash. With our surplus cash, we go and buy everything else but businesses and lending and making that money make money for us. So the only thing I teach people is you can have all of the nice things in life. Just make it back when the money makes two, three times around. And yeah. then go get what you want. Um, okay. uh, and, and if you can't wait two or three times around, then you got a, there's a, there's an insecurity issue that you're mm. trying to press over that you got to address first. Because um, that's, you know, that's pretty much what it is. So when you think about a bank, bro, it's nothing but a, a family that started a business that took their surplus cash then started lending and acquiring businesses. And then over time, you can live on the money that you lent out or invested out. And then you no longer have to play the selling a product game. Then you're just in a money game. So I teach families how to start an effective business, debt-free, use that capital, and start playing the banker's game. And then within five to ten years, you actually shouldn't even be living where you're working to sell products. You should just be moving your money and living on that. What is the, uh, so you brought up the fact that he's like, you, you help them build businesses. What does those businesses look like? Yeah. Is it just, yeah. Yeah, good question. So um, I, don't, I don't really believe in a, a, a specific business because sure. I think that all of us have a different gift and gifting. You know, scripture says that your gift will make room for us. It's not plural, it's one. So if I understand my gift will make room for me uh, and, it's as, and it as, it's as unique as my fingerprint, that means that I can't tell you go insurance. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell you do Airbnb. But what I can give you are the skill sets that you need. And I believe that there are 11 to 12 skill sets that everybody needs. Sales and communication, copywriting, funnel and website building. Um, uh, you got uh, email marketing, uh, uh, you know, media buying. Um, you know, these are skill sets, uh, how to create a product, how to launch your business, um, automation. Like, these are all skill sets. That's good. So it's essentially like fundamentals. Yeah, like, it's, it's mastering yeah, the good. fundamentals. And, and when it comes to it, there are three levels of mastery, if you think about it. You have uh, the competency, which uh-huh. is just your ability to learn something and do the job efficiently. Right. Then you have proficiency. Proficiency is your ability to do the job efficiently with some type of uh, resistance. Uh-huh. And mastery is a full understanding of all the things that could happen and you still can perform above and beyond. Yeah. So when we talk about the three layers of mastery, if you will, of a skill set, a lot of us don't even stay long enough to master something. And we damn the darn sure don't stay long enough to be competent in something. Yeah. We just think that as long as I can do it one or two times, I got it and I can move on. And this is where a lot of us struggle in business. This is why a lot of us feel like we need the bank. This is why a lot of us feel like we need to go out there and get outside investors to start something or to grow something because truly we just lack the fundamental skill sets that allow for us to actually be able to print money out of nothing. Mm. That's good, man. Yeah, money out of nothing. Warning! Warning! Come on, man. Bang. Bang, bang. <laughs> Can we still blame it on the fact that he's rusty? Is that a thing? Nah. nah it's because we elevated it, you know what I'm saying? I gave you a banging nah. intro. Was, like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, he gave you the warning, bro. I'm taking it back. <laughs> we'll cut it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> man, so um, 
when it comes to <clears throat> building business, because yeah. I, I feel like number one, uh, so we we had a, a my, one of my mentor came here, yeah. and he's a entrepreneur, and he actually explained what the word entrepreneur means, yeah. and it means risk taker in French, correct, right? And so uh, the word entrepreneur gets thrown around so much, yeah. So when typically when people come to you, you know, what are the uh, wrong questions that people ask that's because a, good one. A, a lot of times that's a good question. we talk about that's like a starting a business. It's like yeah. it's like what what essentially a lot of times it just fundamentally gets down to wanting to make quick money. Yeah, you know. And so like what what are the wrong questions people yeah. ask you or approach you with? Yeah, Proverbs thirteen eleven says wealth gained hastily, you lose it just as fast. But wealth gathered little by little grows over time. So if anybody comes to me talking about like how can I flip this bread, how can I make quick money, you ain't trying to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You just trying to make some bread. Because entrepreneurship is an art. Yeah. So if anybody's looking at the craft of entrepreneurship, like how can I flip this bread, you ain't going to be in it long. You just want to just survive or buy yourself some nice shoes or to, to pose like you actually are in the game. Yeah. But then you have those who are entrepreneurs that actually play the game. There's a point in time where it's no longer about the bread. Yeah. Now it's just about the action. Yeah. See, our company did over $16 million last year debt-free. And at some point, I didn't get there, and we didn't get there from us trying to figure out when can we make the bread or how can we flip it. We in the game to figure out what's the best version of us can we be yeah. and who is on our team that we need in order for us to continue to play the game at the highest level. So when people come and they say, hey, bro, how can I make bread? You're missing it. Because the, 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 que- the, the correct question is, what skill sets do I need in order for me to actually play at this level yeah. and stay at this level? Yeah. Not how can I make a million dollars? Like I teach people, I can't teach you how to make a million dollars today, but I can teach you how to be wealthy and make a million for the rest of your life. Because there are, there's a certain element of skill sets that are required. And yeah. I don't know where you are. Yeah. I don't know how underdeveloped you are. Yeah. I don't know what space you are, what you've been exposed to. I don't know what type of money that you made off these skill sets. I don't know if the money that you're saying that you made was off happenstance. Because there are happenstance millionaires, yeah. happenstance six-figure earners. Um, and I got to figure out where that is. And then from there, we can kind of figure it out from there. But if they come to me, if, if I actually get... Um, um, uncomfortable when people talk about money a lot. And, and I'm actually in the financial industry. I don't like, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Somebody, man, talking about they bag or they talking about where it really makes me feel like weird because me and my friends never talk about money. And so it's kind of like, it's, it's backwards. It's kind of like we talk about, okay, how did you screw up? Okay, so I don't want to screw up like that. We talk about what we lost, not what yeah. we made. Yeah. So when somebody walking around and they, 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 they flossing and da-da-da, my first question is, let me, what's your biggest loss? And your biggest loss bang, is going to tell me. Bang, bang, <laughs> Your bang. biggest loss is going to tell me. <laughs> your biggest loss is really going to tell me the level of game that you want to play. My biggest loss is $3.5 million in 45 days. So if you can't even stomach you losing $3,000 from a business endeavor, like we ain't, there ain't nothing for us to talk about, big dog. That's tough. So, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of, yeah. So if they ask me about money, that's if tough. it's about money, I'm literally tuned out. I can be there for a whole hour and probably on autopilot be giving you game, but my, psychologically, I'm not, I'm not tuned in. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. You talked about, you know, spiritual gifting and you said something that's really important. 
the 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 desire or the the lack of discipline that comes when you're trying to flip something real quick. Yeah. I think you know, sacrificing the investment in your spiritual gift. Yeah. To kind of like you said, set you up for like the long game yep. is a tough thing to kind of wrestle with because that that also plays into our ability to um kind of build up that muscle of like delayed gratification. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like even whether it's, you know, sin or whether it's, you know, again in business trying to find the quickest way to a dollar. Yeah. I think attacking the purpose and finding the purpose and not just wanting to make money, but what is your specific pr- purpose to be on this planet? Like what is your gift and how can your gift kind of keep you and yeah. propel you for the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and I think that we we spend too much time trying to figure out purpose. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. our mm. purpose changes every day. Yeah, that's yeah. facts. Like, my facts. purpose in one season of my life may be this. And then it's okay that in my fall season, I got a different purpose. We all serve different purposes. Yeah. We're multi-purpose faceted, you know, yeah. in a way. When we're dealing with friends and family and sisters and brother, we all got different responsibilities on our purpose walk. I think we need to be more committed and focused to our destination. Like, mm. where am I going and why and what does that look like? Yeah. And a lot of us have a misunderstanding. Even, even the concept of faith itself. Yeah. It says, Scripture says, faith without works is dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. But many of us don't understand or even know the definition of work. <laughs> like, like no, no, look up the definition of work on your phone right there, big dog. Look up the definition of work. We're going to break this down. Raise your hand in here because this is a live audience, right? Yeah. <laughs> live studio audience. Thought, we thought it was. The one and only podcast with the live studio audience. We thought it was. I wouldn't say it's one and only, but, but it is one Uh-oh. of the few for sure. So let me ask y'all this question. <laughs> yeah, bro, I, I can't just sit here. He said, excuse me, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> bro, I just, I can't, I can't sit here and just, just, just say the only. Indeed, indeed. Uh, okay, but what I will say is that raise your hand if you feel like you got good work ethic in here. Now y'all scared to raise your hand? Okay, we're going we're gonna to look at the definition and figure out what that means. So work. What's the definition of work? Activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. In order to achieve a purpose or result, right? You said yep. activity what? Involving mental, mental or physical effort. Mental or physical effort in Correct. order to achieve a result. Yep. So a lot of us think that we're working just because we're spending time doing something. But if you're not actually achieving a result, you're not working. Yeah. So a lot of us exert energy, but it's not going anywhere. I exert energy in a relationship. I exert energy in my business. I exert energy in my products. I exert energy in my partnerships. But if I know that this isn't going anywhere and I can already see that in my mind, it doesn't matter how much I love you. Yeah. It don't matter how much I care about you or this project or this endeavor. If it's not going anywhere, it's not going to look up effort. That's good. We're going to look up effort. Now, he, we're going to look up the definition of effort. And what I encourage everybody to do is start to look up the definition of the words that we use. And we're going to realize that we're doing a, a eighth of what these words actually mean, which is why we're only getting an eighth of the blessings. Keep continue, bro. A vigorous or determined attempt. So effort is a what? Vigorous or determined attempt. Okay, so now go back to the definition of work and put vigorous or determined attempt where it says effort. Activity involving mental or physical vigorous 
are determined attempt done in order to achieve a purpose. So, so, so when we even think about completing something, we all want to do something until it, it makes us uncomfortable. But yep. vigorous means I'm not stopping until what I said I was going to complete yep. is done. Yep. So when I told my mom at 11 years old I was going to retire her, I thought it was going to be basketball because I was pretty darn good. But because basketball didn't work, I told my LCL senior year in college, I still had to come through on a promise that I made my mother at 11 years old. Does that make sense? So I still had to vigorously work toward the promise that I made her to make sure that I am a man of my word that I even mm-hmm. said and promised as a little boy. Yeah. So that's just work. We're not even going we don't have time to talk about ethic because ethic is the moral standard of which you hold yourself to. For sure. So if I'm going to say I'm going to do this business until I make a million dollars, but anytime it doesn't feel like it's going my way, I quit. Yeah. You ain't got no ethics. Yeah. So why would God give you overflow if you ain't got ethics to keep up what you said to yourself that you was going to complete? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm very careful saying I'm going to do something. I'm yeah. going to yeah. That I'm going to do something. I'm gonna go <laughs> because I know that it comes with some weight, for yeah. sure. And I was about to say, one of the things you brought up uh, was just getting to a particular destination. I feel like we miss out the fact that there's a lot to sacrifice <laughs> to get to those spaces. What yeah. would you say some of the things that you have sacrificed to get to where you are? And some of the things that we're going to have to sacrifice, you know what I'm saying? Especially for the cats like, that's yeah. listening. What are they going to have to sacrifice? Um, I, I, know people, I know people say this all the time, but friends. Um, and I, I know it sounds cliche, but it's even the friends that you love that never betrayed you, never left you down, always been around, and you still got to leave them. It's, it's your family for a season. Um, it's, it's what you thought success would look like and the effort that it would take even more than that. And it's even being willing to be alone to complete the mission that you feel like God put you on. And so it, it's, it's, uh, and scripture says you must die daily, pick up your cross and die daily. Yep. That's exactly what the feeling is. I call it, it's almost like an entrepreneurial PTSD. Like you're at war <laughs> with yourself daily. You're dying daily. And who you were committed to today ain't who I am today. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to recommit to me daily, you're going to die with the yesterday version of me. So it's, the, it's, it's that piece where it's just like, you know what? Um, today we was cool. I can't explain why. Yes, well, yesterday we was cool. I can't explain why today I got to move on without you. Yeah. But I have to move on without you. And it's that feeling of being scared to be alone, but optimistic that God won't leave you alone. In what sense would you say, I have to leave you? Uh, Is this like a physical thing? Is this like, yo, we can't chop? Is this a, hey, our relationship, friendship, or what is it? You know what I'm saying? Or is it those cats? Because I know for a fact, it's it's, it's whatever they want it to be. Mm -hmm. Because if they feel emotional about me saying like, yo, this this is where we split. Money was good, opportunity was good, Mm -hmm. bread was good, but unfortunately, this is where we split. Mm -hmm. Because where I'm going, honestly, you don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. I see you settling already. For those folks, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was about to say, for the people that are like being detrimental to where you're actually going, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I just wanted to know exactly like. For for the people that are committed all the way, 
Yeah, I, I've never, I've mm-hmm. never, I've never fired anybody. Um, uh, everybody fires themselves out of my life. Um, but I'm so committed that you're going to feel uncomfortable receiving a check from me every month and knowing that you ain't committed. Cause I, I'm going to look you in your eye and, and, and challenge you every day to where you just know what? It's either F him or it's like, yo, like, you know what I mean? Like, let me get up out of here. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm with whatever you want to be at. Yeah. So if you beefing with me, I'm there. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> now, nah, yeah, if, 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 if you love me, I'm there. Like that. If you want to sue, I got lawyers. We, we up. Indeed. Say we yeah, uh, one, one sixteen of my, mil good lawyers. One of my greatest mentors was like that. Um, greatest in the lessons he taught and the L's he gave me as well. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. All the things that I learned from. And every time he he paid, he's like he was like, you feel like you really feel like you work for that this week? I was like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna get my like, yeah, I put in work this week. He's like, okay, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> true. Watch this. I'm, I'm gonna outdo myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I would, I would literally strive to outdo that just so I could prove him wrong. Yeah. And like, you know what I'm saying? And, because, yeah. because, and honestly, like, like this whole concept of uh, this is the thing that people fail to realize. If I could work inside of a company and get everything that I know that I'm valued, I would be in a company right now. Like right now. Yeah. The the the. The sacrifice that you have to make as an entrepreneur. See, nobody talks about the losses. When I told y'all, over $3.5 million we lost in um, August to September of 2021. I had my Rolls Royce cash I paid for. All of my Rolexes, my jewelry, my land I was building, my family land on. Already, I paid off my parents' properties before me and my wife started building on ours. When the company... Took a hit. See, people that's only there for the bread would have been like, company took a hit. I'm going to keep mine. But I couldn't look my team in the eyes with me driving up in a Rolls Royce every day talking about y'all good. I sold everything back, put all, liquidated all of my assets, put it back into the company so the company can keep moving because I'm committed to what the mission of the company is moving forward. Because if it can bring me this before I even hit 30, Imagine. Imagine what it's going to do for me when I hit 40. Amen. So, so that's the piece of entrepreneurship that we forget. The moment you hire somebody, they are your de- your, they're your dependent. Yeah. They're depending on you, you. Yep. to make the best decision for, the for them and their family. Yeah. And when you talk about that, most of us selfish with our life. We spending money on frivolous things with our life. My entire staff had better cars than me in 2020, and I just couldn't take it no more. But, <laughs> but my entire staff had better cars than me. Yeah. And, it, it was, and the company was built off of me. Imagine that. So when you think about that, it goes back to Scripture. The greatest among us will be a servant of all. So I must serve to elevate. So if that's not what you want to do, it's going to be hard for you to stay consistent. You can make bread in entrepreneurship. You can get lucky on some contracts. Mm -hmm. You can cross a million dollars a year or two. You know, you can flex a little bit, you know, get the nice car that you have and or, you know, credit 
and finance. It's easy to finance. Just make the monthly payment. Yeah. It's a difference when you pay it up front and say, this is the cost that I'm paying. And so yeah. this is this is this is the piece of entrepreneurship people forget. You think that just because you start a business, that means that you're a leader. You're still underdeveloped. You was you wasn't even a good manager at the jobs you worked. So how are you gonna <laughs> be good managing people now? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay, so uh you definitely touched on it, touched on this a little bit, but I can only imagine with your workflow, with the people that are dependent on you, et cetera, et cetera. What were you looking for in a partner? And what has she done to compliment you in your journey? Shit, everything. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? You hear me? <laughs> I'm trying to listen, talk listen. to you, bro. Hey, my wife tough. You hear me? Listen, let me let me let me let me oh, brag shit. on her real quick. Oh, okay, you got me all got me all blushy over here. Okay, brag okay, I just got hot. So, um, when I <laughs> when I was when I was uh, when I met my wife, I was in the rebuild of my company. Just came through from a bad business partnership, and I had my daughter. I was married previously at the time, but it was like college marriage. Like, that, I mean, that ain't really married, college married. Y'all ain't shit. Y'all shouldn't have been married, no way. Well, no, we barely made a year, so I don't know if that's married. Annulment yeah. ready. Married, <laughs> so anyway. Marriage is married. It's all. Dang, I tried to get out of that one. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, okay, okay. Okay. So I was, I was previously married, um, and we had our daughter uh, after uh, we were married. And uh, actually, I have full custody of my daughter now. But um, uh, we had my daughter, and um, it didn't work. I mean, it, just, it didn't work. And um, built my company. Uh, I crossed six figures. Uh, I've been at six figures since 23. Crossed seven figures at 25-ish, 26. Company went down because of a breakup of a partnership. But I paid up all my bills and stuff when I met my wife. And when I met my wife, I mean, shoot, I met her July 23rd, uh, 2016. And um, October 20th, 2016, uh, we actually had a, um, uh, we, we planned on what our life was going to be. At that moment, that was my, I ain't playing. Like, this, this is what it is. And what it is, is you have a job with a career. I know you've seen my history, what I can do. I need you for a year and a half to pay all bills only with your career. I'm going to use all of the company's money, and I'm going to use all of the money. We're not going to spend it, and I'm going to reinvest into a comp in the company. At that moment, that was either we in this together or we not. Moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was it. Are we in this together or we not? Absolutely. That was one of the moments. Mm -hmm. And she was like, shit, I mean, you ain't you ain't let me down yet, so what's up? Talk! Yeah, so for a year and a half. <laughs> so so for a year and a half. What the act though? So for a year and a half, my uh my wife paid all of the domestic bills for a year and a half, and I got to put a hundred percent of the money that we were making in our company back into our company over a three and a half, four year span. And um, so when people see her laid up and sprayed up, she invested in that for sure. Wow. Yeah. 
I just want you to know when you wow. said that there were some looks in the audience. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't care about the looks. We can get, to, we can get to <laughs> me and my wife good. So I'm about to say, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. he's also married. Listen, so. it's a trend. Listen, I, don't, I don't care what the trend say. <laughs> hey, what worked for your marriage? It is it's going hey. it's going well right now. Right? Oh, oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, we good. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh, oh, let me, oh, let me pause here. No, let me pause here. No, 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 no. You're right. I guess we're gonna get to the smoke session quick. What they say? What I will say? What I will say? It is. It does come back to your track record. Yeah. You can't just be. You can't be wolfing a woman saying, "Can you support me?" Then they go and look at your past and see you ain't never been. You suck. Nah. So when my wife looked at my life, I've only won. I've never not made six figures in my entire life. Yeah. As an adult. And even when I started entrepreneurship in high school, I was profiting four thousand a month. We were, I was bringing home twelve, selling candy. So like my wife got to not only hear the stories, she saw the proof of it. Yeah, uh, she saw the proof of it, and she had stories of my ex-wife never working. So in her mind. She was like, I'm good. Matter of fact, her mama said, girl, you stupid if you don't invest. Girl, you better invest now. It's yeah. cheap now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cheap. Yeah. it's, it's cheap. cheap. It's cheap now. Hey, with, with, with that being said, another poll. Who, 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 who feels like they work? Okay. Yeah, we, we, one, one hand went up that time. Oh, they said, I still work. Nah, my, my hand went down. I'm like, dang. Yeah, I don't really work. I like need that. to do more. Yeah, I need to, I need to exhort vigorously. <laughs> yeah, vigorously, bro. You said uh, you said something that I think that a lot of people miss. You said um, <clears throat> the way you move and the way you work it makes people around you uncomfortable. Comfortable. when yeah. they're not given the same output at that level. Yeah, and I think a lot of times I see people like spending so much energy on looking at what other people aren't doing in comparison to what they're doing. Yeah. And it takes so much of their own effort away from what they're supposed to be doing because they're so caught up in what somebody isn't doing. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in who do I not need to be around and we miss if I work, like you said, the way I should be. If I'm going and hustling and grinding the way that I should be, the way that I move is going to naturally a lot of times weed out the people you know what I'm saying? That don't need to be around me. Yeah. Yeah, if you build, the people will come. Yeah. Like, you, you can't... That's Bible. You, you can't <laughs> want to keep people That's around facts. you just because you're scared of doing it yourself. Yeah. Like, like, there's no job that my team does that I cannot do. I'm talking about every mm. department. So, um, they know I am willing to do it without them. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. But I am willing. I can be my own accountant. I can be my own marketer. I can do my own social media. I can set up my own videos. I can do my own podcast. I can create my own products. I can build my own school. I can uh, understand how technology works and get my own tech team. As we got all of these companies in our conglomerate, there's nothing that they can do that I cannot do myself. Mm -hmm. Now, they may be more of a master at what they do, specialist, but proficiency-wise or competency-wise, there's nothing. So when you elevate your game as an entrepreneur or as a leader to where they see that you're trying to work on eliminating flaws that you have in order to be a better impact for them, it either forces them to rise to the occasion or get the hell out the way. That's good. 
That's good. But either way, I'm not settling. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So uh, one thing I've learned from the mentors that have reached, you know what I'm saying, seven figures yeah. plus, right, around me is the emphasis and importance of giving. Yeah. Talk to me. Um, I mean, I mean, it's universal. Like, you cannot, you cannot be a person that's always just harvesting. If everyone was just in harvest mode, there would be literally nothing. Somebody got to do the work. Somebody got to sow the seed. So mm-hmm. for me as an entrepreneur, my first actual responsibility is to create such a profitable company that we hire. Yeah. Like, like not forget community work and putting a brand up. Can I create a strong enough company where somebody's entire livelihood can come from can come from what I am building? Can they pay tithes? Can they give? Man. Like that's that's my focus. Not just what I can give in tithe. What as a collective of all these people that's within our companies, can they tithe? Can they yeah. give? That's the first community uh, 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 value add that a business or an owner or entrepreneur has to bring to a community. That's why we get so many tax breaks. Then the second thing is, okay, outside of making sure that my team has, it's not always just about giving, like giving and not expecting no return. No farmer just plants seeds without expecting a return. Like every farmer is expecting some type of return from what they're sowing a seed into. So I just always want to make sure that there is a reciprocal ground that and when I sow a seed that at some point, I'm not tallying it, I'm not putting a timer on it, but at some point when I got a call on you or if I need you, there will be somebody who says, hey, I got you, and I'm going to look out for you. And I think it should be that. I think that empty giving to empty churches is a Uh no-no. Empty giving to empty nonprofits is a no-no. Because if you are a steward steward of what God gives you, it is also your job to do your due diligence on who you're sowing a seed into. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you grew up in that church. If that church is not doing right by the money, then you are actually at fault just as much as the pastor that's leading that church. Crickets. Okay. Indeed. So, yes, you should give. Absolutely. <laughs> Man, I, 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 there we I, go. One of my favorite, uh, favorite concepts in, yeah. like, reading through Hebrews and, um, uh, no, um, let me, Leviticus, and seeing what the Hebrews did was uh, when it came to the crops, right, um, whenever there was an it was harvest season, yeah. right, if there were apples, that fall off an apple tree or if yeah. there were oranges yeah, that fell it. off an orange tree yeah. naturally, then it was spiritually illegal for the Hebrew people to pick it up because it was designated for yep. the, the homeless, the ones yeah. in need. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, yo, like, like this isn't just random wind. Yeah. This isn't just random happenstances. Yeah. God's hand is in all of this. Right. And so just to know that like in God's system, lack doesn't exist. And where lack doesn't exist, and where lack may seem to exist, there is provision for, available. For yeah. those that are committed, though. Yeah. This, this is the piece that people don't want to look at Scripture for what it, what it is. Um, that system exists for those that are committed to that system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are not committed to God's system, you, you don't participate. Mm, facts. 
Yep. And God's will and covering. Couldn't be part of this community. Is, this, is, this is the thing. Like, like I don't know where, uh, uh, where uh, people start picking it up. Maybe, you know, mainstream churches made God sweet. But God ain't sweet. God ain't soft. And neither is our big brother Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't nothing sweet about him. So when we think, like, I'm not living in the will of God, but he's still going to bless me, Cap. When we think that, man, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not freaking uh, uh, doing anything that God, te- God tells me in scripture, but I'm expecting him to feed me. Mm. Cap, you are going to go through some destitute times and some desert-like times in your life. That's why scripture says the poor will always be among you. Why would scripture say that the poor will always be among you if there is no truth in that? The truth is the poor will always be among you because the poor typically, not all of them, but those that make the decision to live outside yeah. of the will of God, will, of God. will be poor in comparison to mm. what they were supposed to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've, debated, I've, I've, debated, I've debated with like mega pastors about that. Yeah. And, well, yeah, uh, so, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the, uh, like even, even when it came to who was homeless back then, it was typically because of a bodily deficiency. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, like literally communities of lepers, communities of those who could not walk. Correct. Community of people who were blind. Correct. And it's like, yo, if, if we're valuing work yeah. on what we're able to produce and Correct. harvest, there's no fiat. Correct. Right. It's like, yo, I'm blind. There's only so much I can get hired for. Correct. What yes, servant is actually going to take me in. Right. right. And so like, like even the that's homeless good. were that's literally good. disabled, yep, right? And good. so it's 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 definitely a, a discrepancy between there. Like more so often, you know, it's kind of interesting to kind of see it. Like our culture, even of homeless people here, you know, some of them got iPhones and some of them out there chilling, right? And Bro, they, they some got, of them got more money than we got in this room. My uncle Twinkle, swear to God, his name Uncle Twinkle, swear to God, my what uncle up, Twinkle um? literally told me don't give money to the homeless, and he was homeless, so I'm confused. Because we were, uh, at the time, we used to go to Abak here and there. And uh, Uncle Twinkle came to church with us this day. Uncle Twinkle said, I know them. I promise you. So it made all of us laugh. Because Uncle Twinkle, like, is one of those guys that chose to be homeless. He just said, you know what? Responsibility is something that I don't really care for. I just want to take care of myself. So I know how to roof. I'm just going to get this cash. I swear to God, Uncle Twinkle. I swear. He said, man, these people got more money than you got. So we driving to Ibach. I promise you. We stopped. I got like eight bucks in my pocket. I'm feeling the spirit of the Lord going into the house. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give him all my $8. My Uncle Twinkle said, no, you're not. I said, what you mean? He said, I know them. I said, God is telling me. He said, I don't know what God telling you, but I know them. <laughs> I don't they know what God telling you. He said, they got a brand new car somewhere. And I'm like, bruh, Uncle Twinkle, you, bro, you, you want me to give you the $8? He looked at me, boy, I slap you. I can take your $8. I'm like, okay, cool. Hey, Uncle dude. Twinkle, they probably killed somebody before. So, so we come out of church, Abak, I promise you. Indeed. They finishing their shift. Pause. From the corner. Pause. Ain't no pause, shift. They, pause. it was a family. They finished their shift. Another family was coming up to the uh, uh, to the corner. They walked to the back at the time. Uh, I don't know what grocery store that is right there by Abak, but it used to be a grocery store right there. They, they you know what I'm talking about? Tar- it's Target now. It wasn't Target then. Uh, but but yeah, it was that. They pulled out uh, at the time. It was 2006. A 2006 F 150. 
brand new that they all got into. They they were changing out of their clothes, which were the dirty clothes was over their clean clothes, mm-hmm. put it in the back of the truck, and then Monk Tunga said, stop. He made all of us stop. He said, you see that right there? He said, that's what you're dealing with out here. Yeah. Some of these people, they do this for work. Yeah. So you can't just be like, man, I'm giving to the poor and think that they destituting out. Like yeah. some of these people really got jobs yeah. and really, really be doing that as a career. Yeah. For real. It it all it it, <laughs> it kinda it kinda does something to me when well, first of all, anybody that finesses anybody or like manipulates for their own gain. They had a you know what I'm saying? Selfishly. But uh <laughs> it's like the people who will sit on the corners or sit near a target and then have their, have a family there. You know what I'm saying? Like, almost leverage the kids for, 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 for pulling on your heartstrings. Some of that is real, though. But other, some of that ain't. Look, fam, I, I, I remember. It's hard to determine. I remember <laughs> I, 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 I legit was like, you know what? I, it wasn't the spirit. I ain't feel the spirit. I'll be, I'll, I'll never, <laughs> I don't feel the spirit. I don't throw that out like that. I was, I was like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Like, the girl, the lady was just like, Num, 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 num. Oh, I was my like, God. Oh, you yeah. know, num, num. Why you did the num, num? Why you did the she num, num? She said, num, num. Why you do your fingers like that? Come on. Why, why, okay, first of all, num, 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 like N O M N O M. You know what I'm saying? Like, num, she wanted, she wasn't num, num. I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't, I guess we didn't, we didn't say this, but like, let's not discriminate against certain people groups, dog. I don't know. What? She, okay, she had to be. Don't don't even nah, guess it. Nah, it don't, nah, don't even matter. Nah, nah. It Just doesn't matter what she was. Let's move past it. Let's move past it. It doesn't matter what she was. She said num num. She what was definitely next? Semitic <laughs> of some form, right? Some type of Semite. Okay? Y'all As be, in Middle Eastern. Y'all ain't gonna handle this episode not gonna make it. The far e- near east. This episode not gonna make it. Stories would say, right? This episode not gonna make it, big dog. Tell the story. First of all, if we want to be technical, I'm a Semite. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, anyway, I'm, I'm trying to tell why for how come y'all gonna rush me? Okay, so literally what happens is Are I'm still, outside. You're still trying to tell the story. I'm outside and she like, nom noms, right? And so I le- I'm, I'm like, okay, about to give. And so I, I said, hey, follow me. Hey, whatever you want, you know what I'm saying, from, from the store real quick, come and get it. I thought she couldn't speak the language, but she must not have. Because by the time we walked out that store, I spent about 170. She was going through like she was, there was, once I said yes, she grabbed the cart and just, it's wet. I'm like, I'm following her around. I'm like, okay, so we go every, we hopping every aisle. Like she getting the best meats, the best of the, and then, and then the whole time the daughter sitting there, yum, yum, yum. I'm like, yo, what, I, bro, I kid you not, bro. I'm not making this up. Bro, right hand to the Bible, bro. Right hand to the Bible, bro. Like. And by the time we got done, I, I, I felt used. The nigga is on the numbers. I'm the victim. Wait, wait. First of all, don't get the truth. I'm the victim of the story. <laughs> you I'm are. I'm the victim of the story. You are. You clearly the are always the victim. Y'all, y'all, are, y'all, are, y'all are misconstruing it. Y'all supposed to feel sorry. Oh, it's, so it's everybody else. Yeah, yeah, everybody else. It's not you. That, that's what happened. So, so yeah, it was, it was just interesting. Hurry up and finish the num-num story. That was it. Oh, I got cool. used. You got yeah. num num you got num numbed. <laughs> you got ate up, nigga. <laughs> she ate your wallet up too. Hey, yep. <laughs> you got num numbed. <laughs> you got num numbed. Now we got to get that button. Where she go? Where she put you the got num numbed. Where she put the meat? <laughs> did she put the meat? That's a great. That's that's a great question. Why wasn't that your first that's what like? She said. 
No, like so, indicator. Like why you? She well, no, it, was, the it, was all in, it was all in the cart. Like I've I've never like give it to the. I'm like I'm like if you are homeless, you finna throw it on the grill. Like wait, what, where you? I'm thinking quick meals. Hey, I'm some thinking of these you get one of the chickens. I don't near, 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 near the aisle. I done she seen went some and got some frozen bridge. goods. I'm like, where you finna take it to? Bruh. I done seen some grills under the Her bridge. Freezer. I was used. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you got numb numb. <laughs> you got numb numb. I don't know the point of the story. And I don't know the point of the well, numb numb story. I to you. Oh. I got, like, say, uh, I'm pretty uh, okay. sure Uncle we Twink okay. probably knew her. We definitely talking about giving Uncle you Twink. Feel me? Okay, Uncle Twink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Twink. Twink. Gotcha, gotcha. Got it. Uncle Twink knew her probably. Shout out to Uncle Twink. What up, Uncle What up, Uncle Twink? Uncle Twinkle, twink, you yeah. know what I'm saying? We <laughs> twinkle, twinkle, my nigga. Look. That's a fact. That's what. That's his name, Twinkle. Because <laughs> he here one day and going the next. Wow. Oh man, that's not funny though, boy. Oh, I'm dead. Not, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> ah. That's why. He's oh my god. Oh my goodness. Oh yes, man. God. Yes. That was a perfect idea. Indeed. Indeed. Let's okay. Go. Uh, did y'all want to go smoke? Some? Yeah, I was about to say, let's go ahead and hit it. Indeed. Okay, yeah. we'll say less. Uh, while y'all do the smoke, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. You know what I'm saying? What? Oh. You got it, bro. Smoke session. Don't be fooled, I'm not the special. <sighs> y'all know what time it is. Yes, sir. This is the time where a live studio audience gets to get active. Not that smoke section. She no, said, she said, not well, that smoke session. Smoke session, not session. No, the smoke session is <laughs> drug free. Absolutely. Yes, this is when the live studio audience yes. has the opportunity to come through and give some questions, comments, concerns, or some of that smoky wokey. But be prepared, cause we keep a gas mask. Let's get it. So yeah, yeah. So y'all can come up. Oh, is that is, is that like? Oh, oh, it gets hot. Yeah, oh, yeah, it does. Sometimes, it yeah. Does. Sometimes they'll bring, I, you know, just, sometimes they'll bring the heat. Sometimes uh, they'll just bring random questions. You okay, know what I'm saying? I, got you. I, got you. I don't know where you're at. And this is how we're going to do check, it. We're going to ask y'all to just say it out loud. Check. You know what I'm saying? Like your questions or whatnot. And then we'll, we'll eat. You said what? His mic. Oh. What you can do is you can come straight to this mic. You know what I'm saying? If you got <laughs> questions, comments, concerns, or anything like that. So, yes. yeah, come through. We here. Don't be scared. Don't be scared or confused. Miles Brown online, everybody. On, Let's clap him up. Let's clap him up. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Miles Brown online. Miles Brown. How you doing, brother? You look good. I appreciate you. I'm just still missing your seat for the rest of the night. I'm with it. Uh, no, it's I'm cool joking. with me. So uh, I came in a little late, so I missed a few things. Sorry about that. But so you mentioned selling candy in school. Yeah. When I was in the sixth grade, I was selling candy in school. I was making like $50 a day. Thought I was doing pretty all right. <laughs> But you must say you was making how much money selling candy? I was bring, I was bringing home four thousand a month. Okay, bro was okay. trapping. Wait, how old were you again? Uh, I was uh, junior senior. Okay, yeah. so uh, your, your school didn't shut that down like yeah, mine did. did. Yeah. Okay, so you were just <laughs> unlike me, you just didn't care. Well, I was in four high schools. Oh, I was okay. in Desoto, Lancaster, Cedar Hill, and Duncanville. Okay, yeah, that's so he was trapping, bro. So, okay. <laughs> he was trapping, like I said, so, bro. We he did trap it, bro. We did yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my oldest trapping. brother, well, not my oldest brother, my second oldest brother is the reason I started selling candy. Okay, and he did this thing. We had razzmatazz, and um, and so he started like having other people sell for him. That's what I did. And yeah, and it was going well. It wasn't going well to the tune of four grand, though. I mean, well, but he was a lot for of a little kid. And, 
Eighth grade and uh, well, eighth grade in elementary. Hold on, I have a question. Did a you have a Costco a membership? That's, that's a lot. No, well, my mom had a Costco cool. membership and and a uh, <clears throat> food for less. I don't know if that's out here, but it's a lot of volume. Yeah, yeah. My papa, my papa had a Costco. Oh, okay, I about to say. That's I don't think volume, you can man. get a Costco membership as a child. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, no, my papa definitely had one. He 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 actually uh, gave me three hundred dollars, and I paid him back one hundred and fifty dollars, and I paid him back uh, the next day. And um, was moving from there. So, I like, I wasn't really that – I was good in basketball, but I wasn't popular. So, I was, like, tolerable. And um, I just got with the cool kids that, you know, that nobody would rob or people loved. And I uh, just made them an offer that they couldn't refuse. I knew that they was going to steal my candy. So, I always had a stash of, like, what they probably would like. And I just put it in the inventory list. So, like – we used to count inventory with my stepdad's snow cone shop. So that's where I learned counting inventory. And when my dad lost his job in uh, 08, when my father lost his job in uh, 07, 08, I saw my stepmom crying in the kitchen. <coughs> and um, I went to my papa to ask him for some bread. But what I realized was that people that were selling candy didn't count inventory. So they didn't know what. They really did. They were just happy to get money back. <laughs> like, they didn't know if they was losing money for the bag. Like, they didn't know nothing. And uh, I, just, I really just wanted to help my mom with her mortgage out to be, keep it a buck, which it had nothing to do with, like, my own personal bread. I just knew that my dad uh, oh, man, lost his job. Dude, we was definitely yeah. doing it for ourselves. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it just, it it is what it is. I mean, if I was doing it for myself, <laughs> I probably would have stopped at, like, 100, too. We only stopped because, like, yeah, like I, I got I got sent to the council's office. Now they twice, gave us that's when I stopped. Junior and senior year, they gave us like junior year, they gave us like six months. And then they shut us down. Senior year got crazy quick. They, we had about 90 some days. And then we start competing with Sedeco because they had like a snack aisle. Like a snack little session. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. they was oh, coming man. up, but then people stopped going to the line. <laughs> we yeah, need so, to have, like, like, a recess spinoff based <laughs> off of y'all's stories. No, nah, facts. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, going to be honest be with you, Selling candy is easy in school because most schools don't have candy. And kids want sugar. Well, well, we had. Did we have candy? We had candy in the vending machine. What you talking we about? We had no candy. Well, our schools didn't have much nah. candy. I'm from Florida, so we ain't have a whole bunch. I'm about to say, yeah, Obama you got said, an office. He shut all that down. Hannah? That foolishness. Uh, oh, when I was going yeah, up, yeah. we had it. There was, was a little Miss candy. Michelle but Obama. Y'all a little young candy. then. You talking about Michelle Obama. Huh? Oh, they did? Because nah, we had M&M's and Gatorade. And oh, no. Nah. Nah, we had Gatorade. We had Gatorade. We ain't had no M&M's. Y'all didn't have fruit snacks? Nah. No, we had fruit snacks. I went to a rundown private school, so. Oh, nah. Yeah, we went to a rundown. Oh, a rundown one at that. Yeah, yeah. So my my last question, I'm gonna get out the way. So we had we had a. Uh, what, what year? Oh yeah, I was five years after you for sure. Yeah, so we had razzmatazz, and then we we got. What these, is uh, razzmatazz? You they're like these sour that. sour belts. It's like uh, sour Airhead belts. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, that before was for the people that had a dollar twenty five. Yeah, see, we didn't have that many people that had a dollar twenty five. We would go to we would go to Costco. And Costco, you know, you get a, a lot for a little. So we just buy a bunch of them, take 10 out, put them in a bag. That oh, y'all was tough. Y'all was nasty. That bag is a... No, we, we used to... It, it came yada, with all. Y'all didn't We used... It. Hey, this was business for us, as far for as we were concerned. Yeah. It came with, like, these little plastic, uh, clear plastic. For tongs. real? 
We put 10 in the bag. It can, for real? Yeah. Bro, He's not letting crazy. us go. He's not letting us go. I'm serious. He put really 10 don't in the bag. You. That bag is a dollar. And then my brother was like, all right, how about Bro, this? You, wait, you was taking it. Wait. So it was it a big bag or were they individual? I'm, maybe I'm thinking They're individual about the. Strips. They're individual no, no, I'm, strips I'm thinking about the individual packs. They cut out. Were they? Was it a big bag? It's a. It's a. Or was it like, like y'all know what I'm talking about? Like them individual packs. Hold on. I'm like you ain't gotta open you. those up. Cause those come with like five or six. Yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna show you. <laughs> my, my my junior. We gonna, hey. we gonna pull it up. <laughs> my junior just, year in high so school about to tell you why your eighth grade year <laughs> in middle school was wrong. That's what's like. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. <laughs> That's it. That was some old bro. That, bro, that was my real business. So I was Somebody about to get numb, numb. This oh, nigga yes. said I was indifferent. Oh, so it came. You, you see oh, the box? you you got the box. You got the yeah. big box. Hey, oh, screenshot okay. that. Send it to us so we can put it on the screen whenever we. Okay, I'll send it to you. <laughs> so you take ten. Of these but what's out, the? Uh, the yeah, bag. yeah. What's the? That's a dollar for ten. And my brother's like, we are gonna cut them in half, sell half of those for fifty cent. So for the kids that don't got much, you know, they can get some candy too. And so that's what we did for a while, and then he went out and got Snickers. And Bro, y'all made fifty dollars on that. Yes, strictly on these. I made fifty. Strict. I never sold the chocolates. You I made, made fifty dollars on that. Strictly on this. Boy, you, where, 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 where'd you go to school? Redlands, California. Uh, Moore Middle School. Mm. Y'all had some. Where I was the drum captain, eighth grade year. I'm gonna throw that out the no, okay. right. Where I was. All right. Was you? Was you? Was you, was you in a, like a, a, a nice long neighborhood? walks yes. on the beach? It's, I'll put it to you like you know this. When I was in elementary, I knew every black person that was like nine of us. Three of them came from my family. Okay, it's making sense. Okay. Two of them came like from the King's family. Uh, so did you, did you, I just wanted to just get somebody else if they had something else. Did you have a. Hey, Caleb. No, 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 my bad. I just. Oh, yeah, somebody. He preached. Yeah. Blunt blunt today. I was trying <laughs> to figure so out. My, my the question spirit of Yeah, blunt. I was trying to all, the question. You're not he, preaching he anymore. You can be nice now. grand. I was wondering, what all were you selling? We were selling honey buns. Uh, hot chips, um, Capri Suns that were frozen, so we got to add a quarter on that. Um, Airheads, frozen, Capri and then Suns. at the end of the day, that's when we sold the big techs and then the the big Skittles. So we had like the big stuff at the end of the day because we knew everybody would run out of this. Hey, the big tech cinnamon rolls was yeah. We had we had goat. about we had about we had about seven to ten people per school selling for me. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, you was you was trapping. He was trapping. Yeah, he was he was doing a lot, and I thought I was doing good fifty dollars a day in my pocket. Yeah. But <laughs> four grand is a whole nother yeah. whole nother That's wild. I got a whole lot of This is the new hot seat, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I'm saying? We'll be passing the mic back and forth. So if you got something you want to say, <laughs> feel free to come through. You know what I mean? This nigga you know Caleb. You can have a seat. Right there. No, no, no. You oh can you can come through. Gosh, bro. Was you about to come into the hot seat? <laughs> For the we first time ever. For the first time. <laughs> oh, he's coming to the hot seat? No, no. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> What's up? All right, Mr. Mr. Jacob. Yes, sir. Um, I've been, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Raised the right way, you feel me? Um, definitely been aware of, you know, uh, your brand and what you've been building for a long time. Yes, sir. Um, little context, backstory. Uh, a couple years ago, I got a, uh, a vision that was like, clear as day is like I almost heard the words coming from the sky yeah. that was like stop what you're doing mm -hmm. I have a new assignment for you okay and it's about to test you in every way possible yeah you about to have to change your whole life around yep um stuff that you love doing that was you know that your whole life was built around that's done now this is your new assignment 
And uh, the assignment was, in a nutshell, um, rebuilding the the entire foundation of my family. Um, as a kid, you know, three, three four, four siblings, excuse me, um, completely disconnected from all, like, cousins yep. and uncles, except for a select few, but it was yep. like we were set apart. Yep. And... Uh, Upon hindsight, I was like, okay, I see now why that was, because it was for where we are now. And right. I'm the youngest boy of my family, right? right? He told me, it's on you right. to create this new foundation. So almost right after I got that message, I wound up on Instagram uh, running into you, Earn Your Leisure, 19 Keys, and Derek Grace, probably right. all in the same week. Gotcha. This is probably like 2019-ish. Had to be twenty, cause I I got right. on, I got yeah. on IG. Oh, 20. 2020. Okay, bet, 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 twenty. All at the same time, probably like the same two week span. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that one of the common denominators that was given to me that also I seen the confluence in was building family business or yeah. building business with family. Correct. And I just wanted to you to speak on it. I don't know if you already spoke on it in this haven't. episode, but if you could speak on your experience with that, um, as well as any type of tips and pointers and you know, you yeah. you know how to take that. Um there there are two things. Um the first thing is relatives and family are two different things. Just because they your blood don't mean you're supposed to build something a lifetime with them. <clears throat> However, I do have family that is in my business and I do have uh, people that have been, my entire leadership team have been with me over four years. So they're like family. They're in the wheel. They're in my trust. Like they're a part of my family now. <clears throat> um, and when it came, I, I just, I mean, I, I literally looked at, and I've been studying banks. I, I mean, y'all heard me talk about this earlier, how I teach families how to build their own banking system. But it always starts with one. And so many of us get caught up in who not doing what, who not supporting us. But in truth, we don't even know where we belong, mm-hmm. let alone where our family is supposed to support us. Yeah. So um, I knew that I felt that same calling, too. Like, let, let me be the one to figure out how to structure my family. Pros and cons, you can't put people in places that they don't want to be. Um, uh, 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 but you have to allow people to support you where they want to. So with my, my parents, they're terrible marketers or they ain't going to support your business. They ain't never, I, my parents, they never spent the dime with me at all. I don't ever plan on them ever to. Um, ever. Matter of fact, they haven't even sent me a customer or a client. But they watched my daughter when it was just me and my daughter. They watched her every time I told her I had a meeting. So when you're building this family structure, you have to ask yourself, what are people naturally best at supporting? And a lot of times it's not in the business, but it's of the business. So in the business is they're in the transaction of the company of the business is they ain't going to let nobody distract me from making sure I'm a provider for the family. 
So they're going to cut people off. They're going to distract people. They're going to make sure my children are going to school. They're going to make sure I got what I personally need. They're going to make sure I'm prayed up. They're going to they're gonna do the of the business work. Then the in the business work, that's when I depend on the people that actually have the ability to actually move it forward. Um, and so when it came to building this family construct, like, I, I can't even imagine doing business with anybody other than family and friends. Like, if, if we can't eat together, we can't make money together. Period and point blank. I don't care how much money. Y'all, I've lost more money trying to do business with somebody that was not of the same likeness of me. Yeah. And what I mean by likeness, I'm not talking about color. I'm talking about commitment to the end goal. <laughs> yeah. um, I lost more money than I made. And, and the people that are my family, like, they in it with me. Win, lose, or draw, those are the people I've made the most with. So when you start understanding this construct and you kind of start seeing, first and foremost, it's the destination. Where am I going? Then I'm trying to find people, friends, and family that, that are able to add value to this. A lot of us don't have the right friends in our circle right now that can actually help what we need to happen go through. So you got to keep searching for the right circle. And when I found that circle, I, I started to say, my head of marketing, my best friend back there, wealthy, uh, he got wealthy on his hat right there. He's head of marketing, right? Um, nearly a decade ago, I met him. I told him, I said, you good at marketing? He's going to go figure out this marketing thing. I said, I'm going to figure out the business thing. And I'm going to call you when it's time. And when it's time, God damn it, I don't want to hear nothing. It's time. My other best friend is a lawyer. My, other, my, other, my little brother uh, runs social media. Like, uh, my other brother, do our, he run our tech. So when you, like, I, everybody went on assignment. And then we came together, back together to build something greater together. And the advice I would give to you is, Put yourself on assignment and then tell the people you care about, tell them to go on assignment. Mm. If they don't complete the assignment, they can't get the assignment of the overflow. That's good. That's Does that good. make sense? You got to go on your own journey. That's why scripture says, Christ said, you got to pick up your own cross and carry your own cross. So I'm going on, I'm going on my assignment and then y'all go on y'all's assignment. And when it's time for me to call back and I'm going to look back and see who completed the assignment, that's who I consider family. We can build from there. That's good. That's good. Man, it makes me think of a, basically the, uh, a plot from one of my favorite animes called One Piece. And essentially what happens is, like, Luffy goes on a journey and meets different people yeah. every single season. Yeah. And then it comes to the time they're literally supposed to fight one of the, the biggest bosses, right? Yeah. And... They was like, all right, bet, we're, we're, we're going to meet up at this one location. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, even if we all get separated, make sure we meet up at this one location after two years, right? And afterwards, he, got, he had a tattoo mm -hmm. that said two years, crossed it out, and then put four years on it. Because, mm -hmm. and once everybody saw that, they was like, oh, snap, we need to train. And so literally, they all committed themselves yep. to train. And then, of course, that's like the time yep. lapse and stuff like that. And everybody comes back. You see people are more swole. Yeah. They got new abilities. Yeah. They got new talents. And it's like it's a whole new anime because it's like, oh, it's brand new characters. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Same art. It's just like, no, these are different people. Yeah. Like, you, you, before, you was scrawny. Now, you kind of you, yeah. you, you nice with it. And, and for me, it, it's kind of like encouraging me because I'm like, man, like, like in, in the assignment, it's not – 
it's not like there's a difference between rest and sleep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like any assignment, like you're actually putting in work, any assignment, you're actually getting better. You're actually furthering your craft, mastering your craft and getting 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 that muscle of consistency and diligence and and man and it bro, it's this is this is this is convicting. Yeah, which so, is so great because when you're building your when you're building your business to start, you're actually not looking for supporters, you're looking for leaders. Exodus 18, Jethro gives this amazing like example. And Jethro is teaching Moses how he's supposed to develop his organization. And so, I'm sorry, y'all. Keep going. I can't help it. All right, so uh, Moses, as everybody knows, exile, came back. He actually learned leadership from his his, his wife's father because his wife's father was a leader. So he was training him. In darkness, and I, I like to tell people, a lot of time your exile is your elevation because when God sends you in exile, you're actually training in darkness. You're protected. And so when, 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 um, <laughs> that's crazy. Let that breathe. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh my you said let it breathe. That's nuts. All right, so, <laughs> so, so, um, when Jethro came back, Jethro did what most of us do. I mean, Moses did what most of us do. When you, when you, when you do something amazing and you, your mentor, fi- you finally can brag to your mentor how we brag. Man, so this what happened, and I hit him with this, right? And now, boom, hit him on the head, put the, put the stick down. Guess what? The water split. Swear to God. You know, you're doing this. Swear right? to God. So, so, so when Jethro... It's coming. It's funny because they say that when he first came, it was like we did an offering, but black folk know they ain't nothing but a barbecue. So they barbecuing, <laughs> talking about the good stuff. Good then count. it says on the next day, here's the best part. M- Moses was leading this entire organization by himself. Jethro looked at Moses and was like, hey, you know, man, how let you be, dog? Like, what you doing? I know, I know you think it's tight doing all this work by yourself. But let me tell you, if you keep this up, you're going to kill yourself and the people, too. Because you don't have the ability to muster the, the, the responsibility that God has for you by yourself. Anytime you feel your, that you can handle a job by yourself, it's for you, not for God. See, a God work takes more than you. A you work only takes you. So if you feel like I can do it without you, then that means that. You really, it's not really that big of a job. I'm willing to do it without my team. I don't want to because I do know it's going to be heavier for me. So Jethro tell Moses, he said, hey, yo, listen, there are three characteristics that I want you to find, but you're going to have to develop leaders that can actually come after you and help you hold this thing up because there's a hierarchy to how you build your organization. The first thing he told him was you want to find people who are capable. Somebody look up the definition of the word capable real quick. Look up the definition of the word capable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Don't, don't apologize. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm insecure now. <laughs> you all black men do right, talk. So, you know what I'm right, saying? So we preach All right, so look up, the look up capable. <laughs> look up capable. Speak it, please. Having cap- capacity <laughs> or ability, efficient and able. Uh-uh, read that right. Read, 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 bro. Read, read, it, read it, read it, read it. You, you was reading it like, you know what I mean? Like that, she like yum yum. Yeah, read it like it. She yeah. said it first. Say it with read. Your read, read. It would, it would be the teacher too. It'd be the teacher too. She said, right, come read on. out loud. All right, come on, come on. Say it, say it. Yes, read, ma'am. brother. Yes, Miss T. Okay, but wait, Kate, Kate, came up at. Having capacity or ability, 
efficient and able. So it says having the uh, a capacity or ability or you're efficient or able. That means that that person who is capable, they already have what you need inside of them to do the job efficiently. Yeah. Now, it's funny that he didn't use the word find willing bodies. He said find capable. So capable means that I shouldn't have to tell you how to do your job to help me do my job. That's good. You already have, have to have it inside of you, which means if God told you to come on my assignment and you don't have the ability to do the assignment, somebody's God is lying and ain't mine. Willing says I am, <laughs> willing says that I am eager. Willing is eagerness. So a lot of us be, be, be building with people that are eager, that's not capable. Mm. And you're wondering where the help at. No, the help is that they were happy to help but they weren't capable to help. Yeah. Now, the second thing it said is you want to find people of the same moral code as you. Yeah. Now, notice we're not talking about the same religion because inside of our company, we got Muslim, atheists, all that they say that they are. But it's, it's hard for you to say that you're all of those things and still follow somebody that talks scripture like I do every day. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is I'll give you that. You can stay whatever your belief is. However, the moral code has to be the same. That's good. If, if, if I believe walking straight is the way to go and you're saying that you believe me as your leader, if you go that way, you already morally out of line with me. So that should let me know you ain't aligned. Because morals say, if I say we don't take shortcuts, we don't take shortcuts. If I say that we're debt free, we're debt free. Yeah. If I say we're committing all of us to this thing and you don't commit all of it, you don't believe that you need to do that, then you don't fit. So that's why it's important that we find people who are capable of doing the job, yeah. family or not. Find people who have the same moral code. I believe in uprightness of doing this business because our name is more precious than silver or gold. How we do business is the most important part. And the third thing, y'all remember I told y'all earlier that I don't like when people talk about money a lot, mm -hmm. like how much money they got, and it makes me uncomfortable. The third thing of finding somebody who you're supposed to be in partnership with, is the third, person, the third piece is they don't take easy bribes, which means they ain't there for the bread, which means nobody can give them a higher contract or a higher salary or higher payment, or yeah. higher something to yeah. make them want to leave from your side. That's good. If, if, they're, if they somebody who only cares about the bread, yeah. where our money at? Okay, how we get paid? Yeah. I didn't get paid on time. Yeah. Oh, you, you already letting me know that you ain't going to last long. Yeah. So those three things, are they capable? Are they have the same moral con uh, conduct that I have? And do they not take easy bribes? There were, those were the only three qualifications that Jethro gave Moses to build his million-person organization. And he built it. And so that's what I tell everybody. If you're building with your family, your relatives, your best friends, what y'all are building right here, make sure those three things align. If they don't align, it's very easy for me to say no to partnerships. And I'm going to tell y'all right now. Every dollar that I've lost in business was because all three wasn't aligned. I wanted to see one of the three inside of somebody. Mm. But I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't help. I can't see that in you. Yeah. It yeah. already has to be in you. Yeah. My, my, I had one more follow-up question. Goodness gracious. Um, in those assignments, whenever you're talking about sending everybody yeah, yeah. on assignment, what does, what does accountability look like when everybody is on the assignment? Um... Well, so, so the assignments are different, right? So he had to go master um, paid advertisement. Mm -hmm. 
So in order for him to master paid advertisement, we had to see success in what he's doing. And success is, is, is subjective yeah, to what facts. you are trying to accomplish. Exactly. So if my success in our family business that we're building is that we have more than enough for our family to be able to take care of ourselves and then hire staff and all of that. So there's a specific threshold that we're looking at. So there is a capability marker that he must hit to be able to show that he can get us to wherever we're trying to get to with the certain skill set. So it's just it's honestly about y'all coming collectively as a group and saying this is what we need because if you if everyone uh, disperses to go learn a, the skill sets that are required of your gift or whatever your ability is and you come back together it's easier for you all to then transfer what you've known with each other it's called cross training to cross train each other so if anybody's out of whack the other person can kind of pick up for what the other person doesn't have. So it all has to do with what you want and where you're trying to go and then what collectively that y'all are trying to build together in order for us to be able in order for y'all to be able to know what the real mile marker is. Yes sir, for sure. For sure. Whoa, he's coming up, y'all. Dom the Monko. He got some might speak his language this time. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Jake. Yeah. Nice to meet you. That's long suffering right there. <laughs> All right, so I got a question for you. Yes, sir. You said something earlier about retiring your mom. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out how that looks practically. Yeah. Like salary or Yeah, so so it is salary. It's it's whatever she whatever she's making currently to sustain her standard of living. And it's not my job to help my family live in abundance. Like, they got to go figure what abundance looked like for them. Because <laughs> what me and my family sacrificing, my immediate family, ain't what y'all sacrificing. Y'all getting what's called overflow. So you got to figure out what the cost is. And a lot of people talk about re retiring, but they forget the maintenance. Ugh. So it's even when your business takes a hit, can you still sustain the maintenance work to be able to make sure your mother is retired? So it absolutely should be salary work. But this is one thing I will tell you. Just because you're retiring them don't mean that they don't work. See, she don't work in my business, but she works of my business. So she is the nanny to my daughter. So if you ain't nannying, your son ain't paying. So because your, your, your house paid off. Your car paid off. So the only thing I'm requiring is for you to help aid me to keep me from being distracted. And I would much rather pay my mother to be the nanny of my daughter than a stranger to be the nanny of my daughter because somebody got to put in part. So what I would tell you is figure out what is the cost of all bills being covered, not overflow bills, all bills, basic bills being covered so that she doesn't or he doesn't have to worry about the basics of living. You got that. Now, when the basics of living is covered, you can always create performance bonuses and stuff like that. Bonus the, the whole family out at the end of the year if everything went well, if they kept distractions away from you, if they didn't, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, make you feel bad about not going to certain birthday parties. Like, they should be your alibi 
100%. Their job is to keep you away from foolishness so that you can be able to elevate. But if they at any time become a part of your distraction or your demise, cut them off. I don't care who they are. So, yeah, I will find whatever that monthly amount is. Um, and then actually I would take care of the debt before you retire them. Pay off the car, pay off the house, pay off those things. And then you can talk about the retirement piece after that. And then how long you want to keep that up. Anybody ever told you you look a little like Jalen Hurts? Uh, <laughs> I, I, heard, I heard Carlton, Jalen Hurts. Dang. I didn't heard what? a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Where did that I come from? I use you up. To be <laughs> Where did so, that come so, from? Uh, as far as... Uh, yeah. Because um, you, you mentioned a few times uh, paying in cash. Yeah. It's interesting talking to different businessmen, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And some were like pro-paying cash, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, that's what the rappers do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, that's, don't do that, do that. And and, and like uh, like the, some of the businessmen I know, like, yo, make sure you keep the credit, build credit, you know what I'm saying? Like always always build a line of credit, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So w what would you say the, the, the conversation is when you hear – People say that, you know what I'm saying, like to, to make sure you're not paying cash and building credit. Yeah, my job is to be in the world, not of the world. Just because the world is telling me to use credit, mm -hmm. that ain't what my scriptures say. Yeah. So for me, Sabbath rest, bro, imagine, right? Credit sounds amazing when everything's up. Right. <laughs> but life be lifing, bro. Yeah. And when life hits you, credit is worse, right? So for me, um, I just rather stay in the space of abundance myself. Like a lot of people be like, yeah, you use OPM to do this and you keep your money. I mean, is anybody granddaddy on the dollar bills? No. Anybody grandpa, your daddy? It's already OPM. It's already other people's money. Yeah. So I'm going to go OPM, OPM mm. just to keep the OPM. It's crazy. Oh, oh, other, other people's money. Yeah. So, so I think like the bank. Let's think about it. Like, 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 like. Let's think about it logically, right? The banks need who to survive? Us, Lenders. right? The okay. <laughs> so, how do the banks get our money? They sell products and services to us: checkings account, savings account, money market, all these accounts. Insufficient fund, charge, fee. These are all products and services of the bank, yes? So the bank goes directly to the consumer to get the consumer's money. Then they use the surplus capital and fractional reserve. We ain't going in that, but let's just keep it basic. They use the surplus capital to then lend that money out. Then they get us to believe that we need their surplus and not go directly to the consumer like they go. So we live in a society that literally has taught us to need somebody else's money versus going to the direct source that they go to. And it's because a lot of us have misunderstanding what your first initial business focus is. Your initial business that you're building is your startup line of credit. Your first business is not for you to go and stunt. Your first business is to generate an ATM machine. It's a line of credit that you use to be able to grow your second franchise of it or your third business. So my initial business, which is my insurance business, kicks out a million net profit a year. 
That ain't got nothing to do with none of my other companies. That's my line of credit. So why would I need to go to the bank when my first business is my bank? And it never ends. I never owe anybody. I never owe any fees. I never got to worry about my credit going bad. But when we think about business, we think about starting a business, using that money to then sustain our life. That ain't nothing but a job that you own. A high risk job because the customer can fire you faster than the employer. Oh, God. So for me personally, like I tell people and I challenge people all the time, like you cannot say that my method. I'm not saying you are, but people can't say that my method is wrong when we did like a lot of money (laughs) debt free. And it's because my very first focus Initially, when starting our company, was that my main company, I don't love insurance, but I needed a need-based business that people would need all of the time so that now that's my cash infusion company that anytime I want to invest or acquire another business or use it for marketing money or grow my other businesses that I'm in love with, my need-based business kicks out a million dollars a year. So when I tell people to start their companies, your first company should not be your passion project. Your first company should be a need-based business that can run with or without you, that can print out money every month, regardless of your emotions or how you feel. Then you use that money to actually be the investing machine into your business. That's why I say we teach families how to be the bank. Because why am I going to depend on another man's family? Before I depend on my own. J.P. Morgan is a family. Bank of America was started by a family. Wells Fargo was started by a family. Uh, you can keep going. Chase. Uh, Chase is J.P. Morgan. All of these companies, Citizens Bank, were started by families that were smart enough to use their own company's money to start this banking institution that we depend on. So why can't I do that for myself? You can't be Moses and Joshua at the same time. You got to pick who you want to be. And for me, if you're the first to do it in your family, unfortunately, you're going to have to be Moses. You can get all the way to the line, but you may not be able to go uh, over there to the land of milk and honey. Your children or Joshua, the next generation, are going to be the ones that get to go and conquer the other giants. You just got to get them to the line. And I'm okay with being Moses in my family because Moses had a pretty damn good life, too. Kind of was in the realm of my next question. Same, um, same topic, but if you're retiring her, do you like the idea of paying her out of your accounts, or would you set up an annuity or something like that? Good question. Um, she, get, she get payroll. She get payroll like everybody else. Yeah, she, she on payroll because I need all them write-offs. I need all write-offs that I can get. <laughs> yeah, so she's definitely, she's definitely in that vein. But I, what I would tell people, be careful to retire people before you can actually handle the cost of the maintenance. Be, and this is, this is, be careful retiring people before you can handle the cost of the maintenance. Price and cost are two different things. A lot of us think that we, because we can afford the monthly payment of something, that we can afford the cost when something breaks down. Mm, that's a good I, point. And, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you an example. Everybody want the rose or big land, right? When I had the rose, right? <laughs> Real story. I'm driving. Screw, screw, right? I, I hit a, a pothole. Boom! Yeah, something messed up. 
So I pull over. Yeah, something messed up. It said pretty low. No, not yet. I, the, thank God, the 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 R, the little the little hubcap thing, just the R popped off. The one that don't turn, it just do this, but the R stay like that. So that that, that, that thing right there, four hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, just for the just the emblem. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 fifteen hundred dollars to fix one break. So like when people be like, yo, like I even want a mortgage, man. If I get a mortgage, it's the same as renting. No, it's not. You got taxes. Definitely not. HOA fees. PMI. You got uh, a PMI insurance. <laughs> you not. got uh, uh, you got breakdowns. You got upgrade. There is it costs actually Warranty. more. Yeah, it's way more to mortgage than it actually does to rent. So if I'm looking at it for the price of the monthly payment and not the cost of the maintenance, I'm missing it. And a lot of us do that even in relationships. Yeah, I can afford the dinner. There we go. And I can afford buying her some stuff. And I can afford getting him this. But I can't afford the maintenance of the upkeep of keeping this very thing that I started going. Count the cost. And and, and we got to count the cost. Count the cost. Oh, my bad. I appreciate that, big dog. Man. Did you tell him to stop touching the mic? Yeah. He's talking right now. He can do whatever he wants to, okay? (laughs) No, he can't do that. We got a standard. We got stay. There you go. We got morals and ethics. We got morals and <laughs> ethics. Bad. It My just bad. keep leaning. You feel me? It do. Yeah. It just lean. <laughs> lean in. <laughs> lean in. Lean in and speak what up. What she said? Read, bro. Yeah. She was like, read, read out loud. Like, dang. I almost said like, okay, uh, capable. I'm sorry. Read. Where you? Where you? We a robot. I'm like, dang. Wow. They rude. Hello. Wow. Hello. So he got on the mic, and you got on the mic at the same episode. Hey, you really talking? Let me tell you, you hey, really talking? Me? Yeah, this this look. you really talking? <laughs> look, these two I speak. Come on, Taylor, it's me. <laughs> I have two questions. Okay. My first question is: um, You made a statement about how you essentially pay your mom to nanny your child. Yes. What does your wife's day to day look like if she's at home? Uh, yes. Yeah, so my wife is actually head of HR in the company. So she uh. I, I had <clears throat> I had to hire my wife like a competitive employer would um, because she was a HR manager for a Fortune 500 company. So And I didn't want her to think that just because we was married, I felt like she would be devalued. So I went through the process to... Uh, yeah, I told you, Lena, I'm just holding it like that. Yeah, just hold it. You good. It's, it's tight already. So um, I went through the process of actually um, hiring her. Now, her day-to-day ain't full like it used to be, um, but she ha- she got a whole staff at the crib. She got chef. She got a manager, like they help with the house. She got a, a nanny for our oldest daughter. Our son is still 16 months, so she's actively engaged with him. And then we're launching her an event center only for women, female entrepreneurs out in North Rich, Richland Hills for podcasting and stuff like that. But her day-to-day work, as, as far as for the company, she's head of HR. Um, but then, you know, she sets her schedule. She does what she wants because she's tough. Yeah. Okay. And then my second question, I think you mentioned that you have majority parenting time with your daughter from your first marriage. Or you yeah, I got full custody. You have full custody. Yes, ma'am. So did that play a part or, like, was it ever a distraction in you building this company from the ground up? I'm not sure of the timeline. Yes. Yeah, so um, I just got full custody of my daughter two years ago. So um, 
I, 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 there's no way I could have. Like, like, like men be men don't understand like the sacrifice that or what full parenting is. Like, when you a full custody parent, and ladies know this more than guys, like your whole schedule is around your child. Like, so if I gotta pick up my daughter at 315, that means I need to be ending all conversations at 3 238-ish. And I got to be in that parking lot by 3, 24, 25, or she looking like, Daddy, what was you late for? I'm confused. <laughs> and so when you think about that, and then you got to get her home, and then you got to get through all this process, and then after this full matriculation of the, the system you got, then you can get back to the other piece of the business. And so me personally, I'm going to just tell you, like, I wouldn't have been able to do it unless my parents were going to be heavily involved in the process or I had somebody that I could that I can depend on that could be heavily involved in doing that it wasn't until after we had a full system and I felt like me as a father I could be because what's the purpose of me getting full custody of my daughter from my mother if I'm gonna give her the same time that she's getting over there and so I wanted to make sure that when she came full time with me there was a schedule that there would be a difference that she will be able to see me actively involved in stuff, me going to all of her stuff and doing that and, and not doing that. So it, it really is it's the system that you, you have to build. But it, when you do have a child, um, that's why I'd say, like, you don't want to put everybody to work because somebody got to help, you know, with, the, with the, uh, the schedule of your baby. That's good. And if you don't have anybody, um, you just got to build around around what you have and it may take you longer, but don't let nobody out here make you feel like because your path is longer or taking a longer time that you ain't understanding or you're not committed to it. They just ain't taking care of no daggone baby uh, all day, especially when they under five. Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I hope I answered that, but no, I tried. It was more so like a curiosity question. Okay. Like being an entrepreneur, yeah. I just couldn't imagine doing that, having a child at home, uh, yeah, uh, depending on me. Yeah, so. you can't. No, no. If, if you can, lock it up, okay? Uh, but if you already got some some children's or a child, you, you, you got to, you know, you, you need a system. You cannot do it without a system. And you, and you got to let go. You got to let go and allow people to help you. You don't get no uh, mom, good mama, a better mom or better dad award because you muscling it up yourself. Your children actually do need a community. They do need different personalities. They do need different types of discipline because it makes them a better, much more rounded individual for the future. Because you're, gr you're grooming an adult, not somebody that's just waiting for you to always you know, come take care of them and lick their wounds when things get tough. Okay. Okay, I got a question. Um, the first question is, are your parents together or did you watch your parents together when you was growing up? Yeah, my dad and my mom hate each other. Uh, when, I, when I talk about my dad and my mom, I talk about my bonus mom. She helped raise me. Uh, uh, she's been in my life since since I was like two or three years old. 
Now, me and my mother have a great relationship. Since I've gotten older and I became a parent, I began to start realizing some of the reasons why she made certain decisions. But um, I did grow up in a two-parent household because my bonus mom was my mom. Um, and so they are a different story. I don't really know. They're still together, so... <laughs> Yeah, so they relation they relationshiping, but I did get to see uh, two people in one house figure it out. Yeah. Also, um, while you were going through your journeys, I know you said how old are you? I'm 31 now. 31. Yeah. Okay, and you started really like making your millions when you were like 23. 20, no, 25 uh, going on 26. I don't know why I keep doing that. Okay. Um. So before then or during and. Like yeah. around that time, did you have a lot of mentors around you or like older people or business minded people that you were? Good question. I, I've, I've grown up with entrepreneurs. I had, I had a little bit of a cheat code. My bonus mom's father was a successful businessman in Dallas. He owned two accounting firms that eventually ended up getting bought out by Jackson Hewitt. Y'all remember when, like, if y'all around this area, Jackson Hewitt just came out of nowhere, and it started in Oak Cliff. Like, they just started sweeping all the accounting places and tax places that we knew. He was one of the firms that got bought out. Now, he ain't ever disclosed to us how much money he made. <laughs> he spent every dime before he died. So we don't know. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, yeah. But um uh so I got to see him. Uh my my mom's ex-husband, my biological mother's ex-husband was is is still a successful entrepreneur uh in DeSoto. He owned two barbershops, a freeloader. If anybody's in DeSoto, you know, DeShack and Freeloader off Hampton and Beltline. That was my stepdad's uh, spots. He had a snow cone shop, everything. So I got to see, yep, uh-huh. You probably, you probably came a couple of times. We was up there, you know what I mean? So uh, I got to see that. So I have, I've have, I have been blessed to see successful entrepreneurship in some form or fashion pretty much all of my life. And then my dad um, worked a job, but he, he was a um, loan shark. So he, lent, he lent money to people who needed money uh, in the gap from, you know, check to check. So um, uh, I am a product of my environment. That's good. For sure. So what advice would you give to people? Like, um, she's not going to say it, but she is a business owner. Okay. And I always wonder, like, the type of people to bring her around or to just, like, have her in a room with. Um, You know, just when you're young and you're creating a business, it's like, what type of mentors do you need to get around you? Because I always think that I should suggest women mentors to her, but I'm not exactly sure. Right. So I think that uh, you, bec- you you become what your environment is. That's a great question. You're a great friend, too, by the way. Um, um, you, you do become what your environment is. It doesn't matter how positive and how disciplined you are. You will become a product of your environment. So the very first thing actually is a productive vibrant environment more than a mentor first because a mentor can't give you the environment for day-to-day coaching because they're a practitioner they're too busy doing the work and when you're first getting started you want to be able to talk to people reach out to people like where you at you know i'm finna quit girl don't quit Uh, my boy come come talk to me you need that more than you actually need like 
somebody to give you specific guidance. Mm -hmm. There are two things that you need on your journey when you're first getting started. Skill set development and environment. So when we created the Private Bankers Society, which is like a private membership group that we created, the first two things that we focus on is skill set and community, environment, being able to communicate with like-minded people and express your thoughts and let people know what you got going on because those will be your initial supporters because they're also on the journey too. From there, and you develop your skill sets and you start to separate from the pack, you will, you will know who your mentor is supposed to be. It's 100% a fact. If you go looking for a mentor now without fully discovering who you are, you will 100% of the time follow the wrong mentor and end up with all of their bad habits too. But if you focus on not money, not making the bread, not getting the paper, but developing the necessary skill sets that are required for you to be a successful entrepreneur and making sure your environment is of those that have the same desire to develop skill sets and are committed to growth, you have a better chance at succeeding than someone now trying to go find a mentor because you don't even know what you're looking for. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So I think uh, I think uh, one one one, uh, one emphasis I want to kind of uh, focus on at this moment because I feel as though it, it's it's possible to get lost in the sauce if you're just like a casual watcher or casual viewer or one of our casual listeners. But how important was your walk with God in your pursuit of becoming? a tycoon entrepreneur hard as hell <laughs> man it was beefing every day <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it a buck with you yeah. it's hard because like people can talk about all the time but like you just knew like a lot of this really is him a little sprinkle a little extra sauce like you meet this one person at an event that you never thought that you was going to meet, that you wasn't going to go to, and you happen to sit by him, and then y'all happen to be talking about, like, it's, bro, it's so many, like, mm-hmm. just showing up moments, like, I don't know where you at, God, and for real, quite frankly, like, I don't even know if you're liking me right now, big dog. Like, I don't know <laughs> what's going on. You the one who told me to walk. I'm walking, but it's surely dark and lonely, big fella. Yeah. Like, you go through that journey, but I think that this, um, it says that faith without works is dead, right? So that means that in order for me to say that I believe in God, I must stay in the work. Because if faith without works is dead, in order for me to say that I believe in what God told me, I must stay in the work. Mm -hmm. Even if I can't feel them, I must stay in the work. Even when I can't see them, I must stay in the work. Even when the money ain't coming through, I must stay in the work. Even when people backstab me, I must stay in the work. Even when people talk about me, I must stay in the work. Even when people make blogs about me on the internet, I must stay in the work. Even when my business partners spur off and try to create the same thing as if it wasn't my idea, I must stay in the work. And I got to be committed to the work. 
because the work is going to determine my faithfulness. Mm. So I can't explain where God is or where he feels at the moment in time, but all I know is I'm going to do my work. And if I do my work that he told me to do and he don't show up, that's on him. But I ain't never not seen him show up. So what I would tell people is don't be, don't be so committed to trying to find and locate God. Because uh, you're going to be searching and not realizing that he's inside of you. When you look in that mirror, you're going to see him. When you, when you look at the, through them pupils, you're going to see him. We are all fragmented pieces of one whole God. That's why he's omnipotent. That's why he's omnipresent. He's through everybody. We all are lenses that he can speak through, life through. So first and foremost, on this journey, what I found out was I'm seeking God from everybody else, but from the God inside of me. That's good. And so I honestly believe that the journey of entrepreneurship is realizing was for me when I realized that God was within and not outside of me, but he was in me. I realized that, you know what, I have never been alone. That's why y'all know they got that story when they say I was sleeping and I looked down and I carried myself. Well, you know, Jesus carried me. Mm-hmm. I looked back in the sand, and it was just two feet. Y'all know the, y'all know the little two feet in the sand? Yeah, yeah. Y'all, even if you ain't been yeah. to church, you yeah. know the two feet. The, the two feet. Two feet? The, yeah, the two feet. The two feet is you. You the two feet. Because when you caught up in the work and, 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 and subconsciously and conscious or consciously, you don't really know what's going on. We've all been there where your habits kick in and you don't even know where three months went. You are the God carrying you through. I'm not saying that you are God, but what I'm saying is he moves through people to get a job done. So when I commit to the destination, I commit to my work in God, I also have to commit to the ability that he gave me, given me. And that fight, entrepreneurial fight, is really just how much do you trust in your ability to get it done? And that's really the fight. It ain't really where God is and your faithfulness is. It's really in the development of your belief in you. Because when you get to that level where you feel like there's anything that I touch turns to gold, anything that I speak actually manifests, you're actually in the highest version of godliness that you can be. Because God is the epitome or the example of creation from nothing. So when you can create something from nothing, when you speak it from your mouth and it, it, it can be so, that's when you know you really tapped in. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you going to go, Caleb? Huh? You got you going to say something? <laughs> Sorry. Let's switch these joints, bro. <laughs> you might as well switch. Maybe making noise all day. It's definitely not two and four. Yeah, yeah. You can just hold it though. Oh yeah, I just hold it. You do. Oh yeah, we good with it. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really do that? You can just hold it though. (laughs) Um, Eddie. Yeah, and now you literally have to hold. Any other questions? You know what I'm saying? Questions, comments, concern. I don't think y'all got smoke with them, but you know what I'm saying. But uh, but yeah, let's let's uh, let's keep let's keep it going. If so, big money, Rob. No, oh, I I I did have a question. Um, I was gonna ask either on off camera or just probably just because hopefully what y'all are gaining is the wellspring of knowledge of getting in this small session 
will reveal how much more you'll be able to receive by studying, following, and joining his programs, right? So, so definitely keep that in mind. Um, and just kind of just getting some gain because I'm in a place right now in, 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 in my personal business where I'm doing a lot of contracting and I don't have employees. Okay. And so, like, was, was that ever a stage for you or you've always had the employee mindset? Um, I, I prefer contracting. <clears throat> for me, contracting allows for two sides. The first side is I think of it more as a partnership. Like, they have an ability. I have the opportunity. So how can we work together to get the job done? That's good. So I believe in contracting. Um, it wasn't, honestly, until we start really talking about benefits, um, health and dental and stuff, vision and stuff like that, where they, they kind of have to be employees. Yeah. But the majority of them be like, nah, I like, I like our relationship how it is. Because the contract <clears throat> protects us. Because people literally get on jobs just to figure out what violations they can hit. Uh, see those violations, put themselves in situations to be disrespected or whatever, then go to whatever governmental agencies does a suit and settle. Like, they really do that. Yeah. Um, and when you do contract work, business. It, ain't, it ain't none of that. Like, like nah, you're you, 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 you going to have to do your job, and I'm going to do my job, and it's going to be like that. I, I like it like that, and at the moment, thank God we're blessed to stay in that position, but I'm, I'm 100% open to I'm not afraid of employment but when we at our peak had 52 full-time people working for us uh, our payroll at max was 275,000 a month we had uh, six to eight people on a six-figure salary plus bonuses or just salary um, and uh, they everybody was con everybody was contracted. <laughs> people in the crowd how I get a job <laughs> keep going yeah, everybody everybody was contracted that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And if you do want to go employee, I will go contractor to employee. Because when you go contractor to employee and you have a time period, you get you can watch them. Of course, we had an at-will state. But you got a contractor. There's really no legal ramifications or anything that they actually have yeah. that they can take out on you other than they didn't do their job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely makes it much easier to let people go. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like. But when it's employment, like, there's, like, you got to make sure you have your write-ups. You got to, like, they have their employer rights and, you know, employment rights. They got all of those things. They're like a, they're like a dependent. Yeah. And when you want to let somebody go, if you didn't have any write-ups, there is a such thing as unlawful firing. Yeah. And you can get yourself in a whole lot of trouble with that and people like that people like being in a gray area so if you fire them they can consider it racist or because i like this or because i like girls or guys that's why but when you're a contractor i can tell you what i don't like you can't do nothing because you're a contractor yeah so I, I i do like contract work that's good appreciate it appreciate it you got a question ah praise god for the hot seat Pardon? come on on the mic we got morals and ethics. <laughs> and standards. <laughs> and standards. <laughs> and standards. Every time. I learned a new word. She really does this every time, though. What? You don't ever want to come on the mic. 
Well, guys. All right. <laughs> yeah, it come, it come to, it come to the Cameroonian. <laughs> no, so um, I have more or less a um, it's a question comment type thing. Okay. So this generation is very eager to become an entrepreneur. Like yes. everybody wants to own a business. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. And like, how do you really decipher if you're really? I believe that we all can create. Obviously, yes. like we're made in God's image, right? But everybody is not called to go start a business. Correct. And we're in a place where. Because entrepreneurship is being pushed so much, people are just going and starting businesses and yeah. just starting whatever. But how do you really determine if you are truly called into that place? Yeah. And like, what are the next steps once you figure that out? Yeah. Um, I think the majority of the people are entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs. An entrepreneur is somebody that likes the free ability to create, but you like the protection of a business, like you like the stability of it. Um, and most of us are actually, by nature, intrapreneurs. Um, when you know that you're ready to step out is, one, when you know you've maxed out. Like, there is no way that you can actually go to another level and get the best version of you. And uh, uh, the, the most successful entrepreneurs that I know um, sp spun off or they started something because... Uh, the job that they were in refused to take their idea or um, they got to the top and there was nowhere else they can go. Like for me, um, I started off teaching in uh, 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 Lancaster ISD. I was a middle school teacher and I had, I had a nonprofit organization called I Overcome Incorporated. We taught soft developmental skills to youth and at-risk young adults. At the time, right, I'm in Lancaster teaching with a nonprofit in in Lancaster that was funded at the same time, right? I'm making almost nearly as much as the superintendent. I'm under $25,000 a year under the superintendent. So I'm looking at, okay, I'm already almost maxing out. The higher I go, the, the, I'm going to have to let go of my nonprofit. So I'm going to be making nearly about the same amount of money, but my impact is not going to be as grand as it could be. So I'm, I'm now having an impact issue. So it was never a money issue. When people are having money issues, nine times out of ten, there's a skill set issue. I've never had a money issue because I've always been able to make the money that I want and negotiate it at my job. When I first started teaching, I was the only teacher in my first year at a $56,000 contract in Lancaster at, you know, 23. They don't even pay that. You hear me? Like, like, like. This is prior to me taking on extracurriculars. I was 60000 a year my first year. Yes, impossible. Things are happening every day. Okay. That was actually pretty good. That was pretty good. I, I saw you found your part. So, so the, the, the first thing that I would say is maximize where you are, but readjust why you're there. So if, if I want to be in a place that can pay me to learn the skill sets that I may need if I spur off or go into another leadership role. Once I maximize everything that I need in this career, now my question is, is there enough upward mobility where I can actually see myself in it? If not, can I, can I go somewhere else and have more upward mobility? If the answer is no, if I spur off, what exactly am I looking for? And then from there, that's kind of when you will actually know 
when it's there. Most people that say, man, I left my job because my job will never pay me what I'm worth. Those people, even if they do go make six figures, they're not consistent at making six figures. They talk about two years ago. You look on the Internet. 2018, I did. No, we want to know what you did today. What you doing today? Like, not 2020, I did. There's a lot of, like, two years ago already. So we, we want to focus on what am I getting or gaining out of leaving on my own because it's not just doing my job anymore. Now I got to get my clients. I got to service my clients. I got to follow up my clients. Then I got to deal with loss, chargebacks, refunds, complaints. Then I got to make sure not, not only all of that, my family is good. My psyche is good. I trade 40, 50 hours a week for 60, 80 hours a week, losing my mind, not even making enough money. So when you think about that, it cannot be a money move. It has to be a position move or a higher impact move. If it can't be yeah. those two, it's, you're probably going to have a harder chance spurring off as an entrepreneur. Because even with those two, you can keep your job and still build this whole thing up to where this thing that you're creating forces you to leave where you are. Thank you so much for that. I love that answer because um, it allows me to empower people to also be okay being followers. That's right. Um, everybody can't be a leader. And I, I, while we all have some leadership capabilities in us, we're not all created to just go and start something and Correct. to lead something. And so upward mobility and then expansion essentially and being able to do that consistently Correct. Um, is essentially what you need to be able to go and start something. But be comfortable being a follower as well because yeah. people who sometimes follow and help essentially push other people upwards, still get fed. Yeah. So, and, and, and even with that, sis, um, if you don't have enough um, humbleness to follow somebody and elevate them, but you have the audacity to think that somebody's supposed to be committed and loyal and follow you, mm. you are out of order. And boy, because niggas be tripping. Keep going. And and for me, I don't care what anyone says. The people that are in my circle that are at the level, we're not even talking about money, at the level of recognition of ability, like they're at the top of what they do. All of them were great employees or great students or great followers or great secondhand men and still are to their mentors. Yeah. I still drive my mentor around. Me, I'll, he'll be in my car and I'll drive him around. I'll be in his car and drive him around to this day. Hmm. So we're, a lot of us, and especially in this generation, are missing that humbleness of servitude. So if you don't know how to serve somebody, you don't know how to lead them. Because I can't tell you where you are currently and what you're thinking in your mind if I haven't been there and overcame it. If I quit where you are, I can't expect for you to overcome it. And I don't even know how to troubleshoot you out your situation to get you to stay long enough to get what you need and be able to provide you your exit. But because I've been in them shoes, because I helped somebody hit their mile markers, because I serve them, because I still serve, it's easy for me to have hard conversations with people that I do know are having ego trips. Because when you're a leader, you are going to have people, if you are a good leader, that have capabilities that are better than you. And they're going to be uh, bigger characters than you. Yeah. And you have to be well in yourself enough to be able to know how to give them the spotlight, but still 
nourish them and nurture them at the same time mm-hmm. and deal with that ego. But you ain't going to know how to do that if you've never had to sit in that seat. See, I'm, I'm just do this real quick uh, uh, for the for the example and analogy. David was told he was going to be king at 12 or 13. Yeah. He didn't sit in the seat until 33, 34. He came and sat under Saul, who he knew he was replacing, had the chance to cut him and kill him, just cut his cape and just, hey, I just want to let you know I could, but I'm not. See, if you don't know how to serve, because guess what? How if David would have killed Solomon, Mm -hmm. I mean Saul, if David would have killed Saul, Mm -hmm. that's how people would have thought. That's how you get to the king, the, the title. But when they saw him sit in spite of, oh, now, 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 what can somebody say about a leader that they saw sit in spite of? So when I come down on you, you know, it's because I've been there. Mm. I know you, you saw me this. there. Mm. You saw me suffer. That's good. You saw me sit. That's good. And because of this sitting, now you know I saw my leader sit. I saw him put somebody else up that even wasn't even worthy for the position. Because there will be times in your leadership where you're not worthy of the position that you sit. That's good. And you would hope that somebody would sit and let you work through it versus replacing, trying to replace you. I was just about to go. I was like, I don't know if I should The battle rap couldn't before, man. Go. But that's the thing. But all of us think that we just so righteous. And you always wow. going to get it right. There wow. are many times that I dropped the ball major with my team. But because they saw me sit and suffer, they saw me shut my mouth and own up to it. It was easier for them to say, yeah, he failed, but that ain't that ain't that ain't his history. That ain't who he is. So I'm going to sit and anchor with him. I'm going to suffer through it. Yeah, he dropped the ball, but he didn't drop that bit that bad. We, we, we still got a ball to carry. OK, but but if it wasn't for that. If that wasn't in my history, yeah, it was. It would be easy just to cut my head off and somebody else try to come take the space that I have. And so I just think that a lot of a lot of our generation not as tight as we think we are. Your skill sets are trash. Like like you think that you're good, you're not good. You think that you're tight, you're not tight. For an example, this brother right here. Now I'm saying not his ability, but he came on and said this is the only podcast that got a live show. Then you say that that's not true. That ain't had nothing to do with him, but that has a lot to do with we can't we can't name definites over, over if you right. haven't seen everything. Yeah. And a lot of us with skill sets, we like to be definite about our ability when you ain't even seen the best. Mm. You ain't even you ain't because when you in front of the best. Listen, yeah. it's a total different conversation. It's humbling. And so you ain't no conversation. You just know, like, let me just. <laughs> yeah, let me just sit in here. Because even me, even me, I got tables I sit at. I'm like, y'all, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, can I ask, like, just two and a half questions? Just two, and I'm going to shut up. Like, I, even me. So when you know that, there's an humbleness that come with that. They say, I ain't that tight. Let me stay in my work. Because when I come out of my work, I'm out of faithfulness. When I come out of faithfulness, I leave out of the covering. When I leave out of the covering, I leave out the overflow. So in order for me to stay in the covering, in the overflow, and in the faithfulness, I must stay working in, 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 in submitting to what God has called me to do. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah. Man, hey, bro. That was. There's a lot. Two that, hours, lifelong game, man. Yeah, can, y'all, can y'all give it a hand, hand like hand clap, man? Because it's you know what I'm saying some great information. Uh, could you tell us how we can continue to you know what I'm saying like like support you yeah. and also follow you? Yeah, on Instagram is Jake Taylor Jacobs, J A K E T A Y L E R Jacobs J A C O B S. Instagram is Jake J A K E Taylor T A Y L E R Jacobs. J-A-C-O-B-S, Jake Taylor Jacobs. And then um, you can actually um, get a taste of what our community looks like at privatebankerssociety.com. It's free. Privatebankerssociety.com. We just launched it Black Friday. We have nearly 700 members inside of this group. This is like my third or fourth group created. Um, In this group, our focus is skill sets and community. That's good. Um, and so we really focus on skill sets and community and really teaching people how to be the bank. So privatebankerssociety.com, you can join the community for free. And when you become actually a member, we, get, we give you access to technology with your membership. So you'll be able to build your entire business on the technology that we own. We have skill sets that actually teach you every inch of the business in full. We actually have over 190 plus e-learning classroom hours. 200. Oh, 200. Uh, e-learning classroom hours of business that you get with your membership, um, live Q&A that we call office hours that we do weekly um, to help you with your specific business. So I break down your business, tell you exactly how to fix it and how to structure it. Um, and then, of course, you know, other resources with that, too. So privatebankersociety.com and then Jake Taylor Jacobs on IG nice. or all of, all of my platforms. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. With an ER for sure. Yes, sir. Yo, that this this has been another wonderful, amazing episode of Black Men Do Talk. We have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. You never know who might show up to the show. You never know how you might be blessed. We know one thing: we gotta put in work. Now that we know the definition of work, y'all be blessed in your work. Crazy man, man again. Crazy work. Is it rigorous?